welcome to Cross Section, a show discussing all things design and construction. Your hosts, Alex Regnery, project manager and self-proclaimed recovering architect, and myself, Nathaniel St. Jean, registered architect and builder, tackle the vast spectrum of our fields. Whether you're a seasoned pro, student, or just generally curious about the industry, there's something for everyone. And don't worry, there's plenty of nonsense and humor to lighten the mood. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Cross-Section Podcast with Nathaniel and Alex, Alex and Nathaniel, whatever combination you want to use there. And sometimes we have a guest like today, which we will introduce in a second. Um, This episode, we're actually kicking off a new cross-sectional inside look um, where we'll be interviewing guests about their professional lives, where and how they started, and where they see the fields of architecture, construction, and engineering going. So you're definitely not going to want to miss any of these episodes talking to these industry professionals. And this week, we have a first, our first guest, Alex. I hope you're ready for this. Our very first guest, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, we, uh, we've invited Allie Atherton uh, to the show. She is a young emerging construction professional. Welcome, Allie. To Thank our, you. Our first uh, Allie. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be a part of it. No, we're really excited here. We've got a lot to unpack today. Uh, so just so everyone knows, and, and Ali, I'll certainly let you introduce yourself as well, but the big picture, you're a uh, recent graduate of Southern New Hampshire University. And from what I understand, you're the, currently an assistant superintendent at Consigli Construction Company in Massachusetts. Is that accurate? Yes, that is accurate. Um, yeah, so I just graduated, as you know, in 2020. And in 2021, so January 4th, actually, I just kicked off my career as an assistant super. So it's still very new, but. Whoa, that's, yeah, yeah. that's fresh. You're, you're a greenhorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just graduated this fall semester. Yes, in December. Yeah, okay. So you so I, are, you are a greenhorn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got lucky though in my, so the past or the seven months before I graduated, I got to intern on a Consigli project in Lincoln, Mass. So I got a lot of good experience there. I was out there for a long time. So that was a really, really good opportunity for me. And yeah, you had been there, you've been working there for a little bit, right? So, and then uh, last summer, probably through the summer. Yeah, I interned in the summer and then I got to stay on through the fall during classes. So nice. And nice. just just to clarify here, Nathaniel, um, obviously a graduate of SNHU, but our construction <laughs> management program, just for all of our listeners. That's right. Some insider baseball going on right now. But uh, now that you are professional out in the field, you, we can share all the dirty secrets. Um, so yeah, tell us what what is it like being out of school and working full time? Um, you know, I I love it. I'm really enjoying it. It's definitely been a transition because I graduated a semester before any of my friends or my softball team over at SNU, so they're all still there in classes and whatnot. They're graduating in the spring. So it's definitely been different. I'm the only one out of my little group over there that's actually working full time. So it's been a transition, but no, it's, it's awesome. It's a great experience. I'm on a good project right now. So I definitely get to learn a lot hands-on right in the beginning of my career, which is exciting. So yeah, no, that's, that's great, great that you got to finish a whole semester early, right? A lot yeah. of people don't, uh, I'm guessing you did a lot of due diligence to get ahead and out early. Oh yeah. You know, you know, firsthand, <laughs> I was definitely pushing for it, but yeah, yeah well, I saw an opportunity at Consigli, so I wanted to, you know, take it by the reins and kind of start a couple months before anyone else my age. So get out into the field as soon as I could. Uh, that's the way to do it. That's that's great that you're able to do that. Yeah. Do you feel that because, well, I guess it, w- it wouldn't have mattered when you started, right? Uh, whether you graduated in the this past winter or even this coming spring, but do you feel 
the difference from school to professional life with what's going on with COVID? Like, has that affected you kind of in any way now that you're working versus when you're in school, which was remote last semester? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely. Because when I was doing my school life during COVID, I was at home all the time. And then, well, I mean, I got to work on my internship. So I was, you know, half at my internship, half at home doing classes. But now that I graduated and I'm out on site every day, so I I do get to be out in the world a lot more, but I'm definitely seeing all the restrictions of COVID with, you know, the social distancing, the masks. We don't have our full team on site right now. There's only three of us. So we're just trying to split everyone up and stay away as much as we can. Um, We have a lot of protocols on site for people, you know, just day to day, signing in, taking their temperatures, things like that. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of due diligence that goes into it. Have you had, have you, you guys had any issues on this particular job site with COVID? No, we've been lucky. We haven't had any issues. That's that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We've been fortunate. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And we can certainly get more into uh, what you're doing professionally, but I'm actually curious. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. That's right. (laughs) I think, and, and again, the whole point of this episode here is getting to interview you is, is learning about how you ended up here, right? In construction. Um, so what is the whole backstory to this? What got you into construction <laughs> management? You know, I get this question all the time. Like <laughs> in the field, I get, I get the question probably once a week. And I just hmm. don't have a good answer. I mean, <laughs> like I went to a regular public high school, so I didn't have a lot of like STEM background. My parents don't work in construction. So I was going into college as a business major. I always knew I wanted to do something like management. So I was set on that. And then after my first semester, freshman year, I just knew like the the regular project management degree in the business school wasn't going to cut it for me. It just, it wasn't enough. And SNU had just released the CM program. I think that was when you guys were kicking off the year before. So I kind of just saw this new pro, like I heard about it on campus and I saw the construction that was going on with the CETA building and it just kind of sparked my interest. And I remember I went home for like Thanksgiving break and I started talking to my family about it. My dad was like, you know what, if you, if you want to try it, try it and we'll see if you like it. And if not, you can always switch back and it's not a big deal. So I switched into it the soft or the second semester of my freshman year and just like fell in love with construction. It was my, I didn't know anything. I mean, you guys remember, you remember, like I didn't know a single thing about construction, but I just loved it. How everything's always changing and there's just so much to it. And I'm always learning every single day. Like I'll always continue my education for the rest of my life, which is something awesome to think about. I think so. Boy, the stars were uh, all coming aligned at that time for you. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I got lucky. I think once I switched over, cause I was, I was always good in school, but I never loved school. And then once I switched over to the CM program, I kind of fell in love with school and classes and cause I loved what I was learning about. So that really helped me too. That's when I knew that it was the right call and, and it was a good move for me. So did Alex cl- pay you to say any of this? This is all sounding very good. <laughs> no, <laughs> Whose cla- who's class did you love the most? No, 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 don't, don't, don't answer yeah. that. Don't answer that. Wow. Yeah. No, that's actually really fascinating is I actually, I, I don't think you and I have ever really talked about that when you were a student. Yeah. Um, and I'm always interested. So you, you literally have had no construction experience prior to entering the program. That's fantastic. That's pretty unusual. Yeah. My dad worked in construction way before I was born, like right out of high school for like two years, Mm. a few years, but now he works in education. So, Mm. you know, secondary ed. So, yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So then kind of on that note, talking about, talking about school and you could put your maybe student hat back on and it may even still be on your head at this moment since you literally just graduated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you kind of alluded to some of this already, but what are some of those benefits to your construction education that you're already using out in the field now? I think one of the, the major benefits of, you know, going to, to college and getting that bachelor's degree was just the prep. Like I just think about how 
when we were in classes, I always heard about how organized you have to be when you're in the construction management or in the, in, in the construction industry and how due diligent you have to be and how it was so strict with assignments and things like that, because it really got me into the right mindset for now I'm assistant super. And it's all about organization and time management for all the, the trades and everything. So that was probably the biggest benefit. And, and then just the classes, like we took a surveying class and that gave me a little bit of insight into when the surveyors come out on site, I know a little bit about what they're doing. And I don't know at all, but I can at least get a grasp on it. And then like the scheduling course, I do a lot of help with the schedule of my job. So that mm -hmm. really helped me. And then just like the lab courses, like we did some things with soils and concrete and that's like all of what I'm doing right now. So, so the classes like that really helped me, you know, gave me little insights and beginner basics to what I'm doing for the rest of my life. This is so touching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I say it, I'm I feel loud, so proud. Like, <laughs> this, this almost is sounding scripted. <laughs> no, that's actually really fantastic. Right. And I, I, Alex and I will talk about this all, all day, but the idea, right. A construction, a really good successful construction manager is, is doing everything you were just saying, right? They've been exposed to kind of a wide variety of avenues within the field. And you get to kind of either specialize or go down a certain track, or you can stay kind of broad, but it sounds like you're, you're starting to use and see all the stuff that you've at least experienced in class. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to that's all, awesome. And to all of you young listeners out there, time management. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to that's, talk about that a little bit? Like, do you feel like you, the advantage to the program or just you as a student, you, you were successful because you managed your time well, or how'd you get yeah. through it all? Yeah, no, I think that that was definitely a huge aspect, you know, like, we had so many assignments and I was playing softball at the time. So I just had a lot going on and I was a part of a lot of clubs. So time management was probably the biggest key to my success. And then just the, you know, the willingness to learn. I always wanted to learn more. I, I didn't mind doing my homework. So that really helped me. But I think time management really pushed me through to the end, especially when I was remote and I was working as an intern this past semester, it was all about time management. Like I had a strict schedule throughout the week of when I did my assignments and when I was at work and when I, you know, left time for myself and all of that. But it was definitely a lot of scheduling for my own life and then scheduling for, you know, the job that I'm on. So I suppose, uh, being part of the softball program there is part of that time management, right? Yeah. That played a big yeah, part in sure. that. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna work around that. Yeah, that's 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 great. It's always tricky, right? And I don't know, Alex, what your experience is. I remember when I was a student in undergrad, I had an internship or call it a part-time job, actually, at that point, because I kind of kept it for two two years. Oh, wow. And I was on campus, so I was always zipping off campus to go work for an owner's project manager, then zipping back to campus. <laughs> you kind of got. It, at least this last semester, pretty fortunate with online learning, remote learning. Yeah. Did, that, did you use that? It sounds like to your advantage. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we found out we were going to be remote for the fall, I just got on the phone with the recruiters at Consigli and, you know, my superintendent on my job and just, you know, asked them, like, is there any chance I can be here for part of the week or like whenever you need me, like I'll come on, I'll help you guys out. Like, I just knew that being at home 24 seven doing classes wasn't going to cut it for me. <laughs> you know, we ended the, what was it? The spring semester remote. And I was at home all the time doing classes and it, it, you know, it was a lot. So I really wanted to be out, you know, in the world working, having conversations with people. And I just wanted to keep, I mean, I got to do it for the summer and I didn't want it to end. So <laughs> I got lucky and they kept me on the same job for the fall. Nice. Yeah. You were among some of the fortunate that got to do that. I haven't left my house to go to work since <laughs> last March. Wow. Almost Minim a year now. Minimal <laughs> times for me. Almost, yeah. almost a year. It's, it's kind of crazy. And we can get into that later if, if, if we want to. Um, um, with the program, and this is actually not even just at SNU, I think this is actually true in, in a lot of these construction programs across the country. There's 
it's a very male dominated industry, right? I mean, you're probably experiencing that in the field, but did you experience that in school? How did you get through that? What advice would you have for other women who are interested in the program? Um, that's yeah. so interesting because next week is, or the week after is women in construction week. Yeah, so two I weeks. actually have to film a little video of myself talking about these same things. In a couple oh, days. nice. So, um, so start practicing. Here we go. Yeah, What's the pitch? I, right? I need this. So, um, yeah, I mean, when I was in college and when, when I was at SNU in the CM program, I think we had like three, three women in the program with me or something like that, a very small percentage. So I kind of got you know, used to it there in that setting. And then when I went to work at my internship, I was the only woman on site for seven months. And then now I'm the only woman at work as well. So I've been, you know, the lone, the lone girl there, but at this particular job. Yeah. At bo- how, both of the jobs. How about the, co- how about your company? Oh, um, yep. no. Right. So there are a lot of women that work at Consigli, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's in the office, um, in the accounting department, in the marketing department, um, like the VDC, the virtual design and construction department, like, um, scheduling all that, they all work in the, um, out of the office, they come on site, um, pre-con things like that estimating. So I definitely do see a lot of women in the industry in Consigli, but, um, there's definitely not a lot of women in, you know, field staff. So superintendents, assistant superintendents, what I do, Mm-hmm. I think that I don't know the exact number, but there, there's very few of us. So, yeah, I, I'd be interested in hearing, um, can, you know, your, the company you work for in particular. Um, so the, I don't know, and I don't know if you're in, if you're familiar with the stat, the stats of, of women in construction, no, so actually not. women overall in construction is around 10%. I don't know if you're surprised to hear that or not. Um, I mean, that's, that's a, that's obviously a, a low number, which even crazier to think about. It's even smaller for the women that are, that are, um, you know, the trades, uh, yeah. workers. And, and then if you consider 47% of, um, employed, employed people, in this country, mm-hmm. it's like one and a quarter percent of women make up, um, uh, you know, the workforce wow. that, that that's, that's, you know, it's staggeringly yeah. low. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Any, any, um, what, what, what would you say to, uh, you know, women, and any woman at the at a young age in college, kind of like you who are trying to figure out what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds so basic and so easy, but don't get intimidated. Like that's, that's the biggest thing because I know, I know my first day walking on a job site when I was an intern, seeing that I was the only female, I, I was so, this was like seven or eight months ago. I was so nervous. Like I had been to SNU. I knew that like we only had three girls in the program. I knew that this is what I was getting myself into. But when you first get there, there's a major shock, like a, a culture shock almost, because you don't know how you're going to fit into this and what your role is going to be. But once I got there, it was just so clear that everyone's on your side and everyone wants you to succeed. And it's so interesting because I just have so much support at work. Like I know if someone sees that, you know, someone's giving me a hard time or or trying to get something by me just because I'm a very young female in the industry, the youngest person on my job site and I'm the only woman on my job site. So those two things hand in hand are a very interesting mix, but they all have my back and they're always there. I'm sure they do. And, and Allie, I've seen that in the industry. I, I work directly with it, as you know, um, within the industry. And, and I see that the hard time you're getting, I would say is more so has to do with your age because, uh, Nathaniel, yeah. you probably experienced this as well, but get out of college, oh boy, oh, yeah. especially, especially the intern architect right out That's of college right. on it. Oh, yeah. Forget about the office. Yeah. Because they, of course, all have your back, but on the job site, oh yeah. boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're—I can they're, imagine. 
they're giving you a, a good hard time. But yeah, so there's, there's a kind of an overall perception of women in construction, right? There's even sort of this gender biased a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. So what can you, you know, kind of help with uh, young women about that, you know? Yeah, I think it's just like always having an open mind. You know, like there's so many different avenues you can go into in construction. It's honestly endless to me, whether it's architecture, engineering, construction management, estimating, purchasing, pre-con, like marketing. There's so many different avenues. And I just say keep an open mind because when I started on the job site seven or eight months ago, I was dead set on doing project management. I wanted to be, be a project manager. And I was like, there's no way I can be a superintendent, you know, and down the line, like, I don't have it in me. Like, I, I just thought that about myself automatically because I didn't see any women who were superintendents. It was always men. So I always, you know, shied away from it. I was like, I, I can't do that. Like, I'm just going to stick to project management. And then about a month onto that job, when I was a project management intern, I just, it clicked with me. And I was like, you know, I, I love being in the field. Like I was, we had a field office, but I was always like actually in the field, you know, walking around the superintendent. And I always wanted to help him, even though I was, you know, the project management intern, I was supposed to be doing that stuff. But then I, you know, like talked to my team one day on site and I was like, you think I have it in me to be a superintendent? Like I literally said that because I was like, I don't know days. Like, I'm like, Oh, I can do it, but I really can't. And they were like, no, like 100% go for it, do it. Like if that's what you're gravitating towards, then it's the right thing. Like, then they were, they were all so supportive. And then awesome. I got to do all field stuff for the rest of my internship. So. That's awesome. Nathaniel, she, but so stepping back a few comments there, <laughs> her comments about keeping an open mind and all these opportunities. I think somebody was taking <laughs> notes. it's uh yeah and maybe to step back too because the things that you're saying are 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 really interesting especially knowing that you don't or did not because now you do (laughs) You, you you did not originally have a background in construction so not only did you find that the field was interesting did did you know going into it that there are not a lot of women in it um into construction as a whole or just into field staff? Uh, either. I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I did know that there aren't a lot of women in construction. I think the whole world knows that, you know what I mean? It's just such a general topic where everyone's like, whenever I say that I'm in, con- I work in construction, everyone's like, really? Like, re- and you know what I've gotten a lot too, which is so interesting. Well, when I say I'm an assistant superintendent, I always get, Oh my God, of a school. That's so crazy. Like they just oh. automatically assume that I'm in education. Wow. I'm like, really? oh, like funny. you really think I'm like already an assistant superintendent of a school. <laughs> like that makes more sense than you working oh. in construction. The conclusions <laughs> people jump to these days. Yeah. You know, I've gotten that like twice in the past two weeks. So it's been really, it's like in my mind, I keep thinking about it, but. That's yeah. actually a good story to tell people because that, that goes uh, to prove, right? Yeah. The perception of this industry, and I'm actually working on a project with a student about this right now. The perception of all of this is completely misconstrued. And yeah. the general public is, they're so naive to all of that. Yeah. So it, it's pretty uh, inspiring to hear you kind of talk about this and to hear that, yeah. the, that everyone at your organization is there to support you and they want you to go do this, right? That's actually really... Um, uh, rewarding, I think for you, yeah, which is great. Um, one more thing on education and then we'll get going into what you're doing now, because in, in this might even feed into that with what Alex is asking about, like, what could you tell like a high school girl who's interested in, in construction or, or their hesitation, but like, how do you think the program or construction education in general can become more open and accessible to say women, minorities, or, or what have you. Do you have any kind of thoughts? Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about that. I was talking about this with my family a couple of days ago because women in construction week is coming up. So I've, I've heard a lot about it in the past couple of weeks and we we're, this was like dinner talk a couple of days ago, but 
we were like bouncing ideas off of each other. And I was saying how I think that if there were, so I went to a public high school, so there weren't any, you know, STEM courses or, or any like, like shop classes or any of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have an option to do it as like, like a side, one of your side classes. Like I, I never got the opportunity. So I think that if I had the opportunity to take these classes in construction in high school, I definitely would have jumped to it just because it was different. And, you know, I, mm. at that time I was probably mm. like, Oh, like, let me just take this instead of doing math or something, you know, knowing me or knowing a typical high school student, they probably would gravitate towards that because it's different. It's hands-on. It sounds fun. So I think that offering those kind of classes in in public education more, it would just stem so many more women to see it first, like early on in their education and just, going to college already being thinking, like thinking about it because I was never thinking about it in high school. And then even my first semester of college, I wasn't really thinking about it until it was kind of put in front of me. So that was one thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is just, it's easy, but like, or it sounds easy, but if I had, you know, if we had more career visits and when I was in high school, so if we had more people from companies coming like a career fair, career day, Cause I don't think we ever did that in high school. And if I got mm. to talk to women who worked in construction companies, like we do in college, we have career fairs because people are trying to get hired, right, right. but something more just in high school, trying to have the light bulb go off for these kids about the different avenues. If they want to go into nursing, construction, business, things like that. I think that would have helped a lot too, but I don't think enough high schools do that. So that's really interesting. So, um, when you, when you were starting to go to college, and I know that you changed, um, um, got a path, so to speak, a little bit, you know, I mean, from business to construction management within your freshman year, right? Yep. Yep. But did you have the sense in, in starting co- either going into or by the time you've gotten to college, oh, I've got to decide on a degree and I, you know, like I've got to do this, you know, in four years or whatever, like you're sort mm-hmm. of pressured. Did you, or did you feel that? Um, yeah, no, I, I can actually think back to like these conversations when I was in high school, but I actually committed to SNU very early. It, it was the beginning of my junior year because of softball. So I knew about a year before anyone else where I was going to college. Mm-hmm, sure. And you know, that's, that's good. And it's bad because I I was very young making this decision and I had no idea what I wanted to do. So by the time I started thinking about what I wanted to do during my senior year, it was like, well, I'm already committed to this school. So what majors here? Would what work do they in? have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to it wasn't like, Oh, I want to do business. Let's think of good business schools and apply. It was, it was kind of backwards. So yeah. And then I remember sitting at the kitchen table and I was like, I have to make one of these work. Like to my, I literally said this to my dad <laughs> and it was just so backwards. And at the time I didn't even realize it because I just wanted to play softball so bad in college. So it kind of like takes over your mind, but yeah. I well, and, and certainly nothing wrong with that. I have, you know, I have kids who, you know, similar kind of experiences and, you know, what, and what sports can do. That's a completely different could be a different topic, but, um, it, yeah. it certainly is, a, it, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a positive thing. Um, but that is really interesting what you're talking about, you know, being exposed to something like construction. It's not the only industry that I, I think that that high school students are not probably introduced to enough yeah. early enough or whatever, but that's really interesting because like you said, if, if, you know, they're, they're exposed to that earlier on, it can help them sort of determine, like if you as a softball player are thinking about softball and then you got interested in this sort of construction idea, maybe you start looking at maybe a couple different schools that might serve both of those needs, right? Just yeah. opening it up a little bit more, but uh, that's really interesting. I appreciate you sharing, sharing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually, it, I think Alex and I, we may have talked about this in our very first episode, right? It's like the whole, or maybe it was our second episode about like education, right? Mm-hmm. It's so hard yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, when you're uh, 
16, too much pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. pressure on students these days. It's insane. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think I think it is. So yeah. a lot of pressure. I agree. Yeah, my my sister is actually in her sophomore year, so she's she plays soccer, so she's going down the same path I did, trying to commit to a school early. Ah. And I'm seeing like her. I'm seeing me and her right now. Like I feel like I'm looking in a mirror <laughs> from how I was because. She's always like, I'm so stressed. I have to email these coaches. I don't know what I want to do with my major. Like, it's just very interesting to see the stress like firsthand in my house right now. So. Yeah. Oh, this is all very interesting <laughs> to hear. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you've graduated. You've got past all that. You finished yeah. softball. You left with a degree. I think you also left with a minor, right? Yep. So... I took the operational safety and project management major that I originally was, and I turned that into a minor. So with the courses that I had from the, my freshman year, I just used those and, and made it a minor because that was my major originally. Yeah. Boy, you're, you're, I didn't know that overachiever here. <laughs> Softball, Softball. Degrees, yeah. Graduating early. Yeah. So no, it's all very good. We're again, we're Alex and I are both excited that you're out there in the, in the good world, doing the good work here. So why don't we transition to that is, uh, so what exactly is your current title and what does that entail? What does that mean for everyone that has no idea? (laughs) Um, so I'm an assistant superintendent. And so basically, I mean, day to day, it's a lot of you know, helping the superintendent. So getting subs lined up for the day. So going through the plan, if, if we're going to, you know, waterproof these specific walls, are we, are we going to form these, you know, footings for the foundation? It's just a lot of planning and, and trying to set, set the men and the women up in the field to kind of, you know, do the work that needs to get done on that day to keep us on schedule. So it's just, it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of scheduling. Um, and I, you know, I do a lot of the quality stuff on site. So when we are doing our concrete placements, it's a lot of, you know, being there with the inspectors the, during the full test, making sure our air, our slump, our temperature of the concrete is all on point with inspect. That, that's a lot of my, um, you know, worry and my focus during, we do like two to three concrete placements a day and it's, I mean, a week and it's, you know, it's a lot of my, my time. And then a lot of the quality, you know, just watching break results for walls, making sure that we're in line, making sure that, you know, things are being installed per the specifications. So it's just a lot of planning and, you know, watching the work and making sure the work is getting done right. And on top of that, you know, a bunch of paperwork, safety paperwork <laughs> that takes up a lot of my time. Yeah. Um, and just filing, you know, concrete results, things like that. Um, so it's a lot of, st- I do a lot of, a little bit of a lot of stuff, I guess you would say. From the, the scheduling and, and coordination standpoint, how far do you, you know, and you're talking about that particular day, right? Mm-hmm. And how everything needs to be in place. Uh, how far do you need to think out to plan out? Um, so our company does, depending on what the superintendent wants to do for his job, four week look ahead schedules or six week look ahead schedules. And he or she will basically create those schedules. So go through every single day for the next four to six weeks and just Mm -hmm. plan where every sub should be. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the superintendent's role. I help out with that when I can, you know, just in conversations, thinking about how far can say the Mason be in two weeks or being in the field and just watching how, how far the concrete sub can move in a week and just see where we're at and just kind of relay that information to the superintendent to make sure that the schedule is, is right. That it's not just BS, you know, cutting down times to make us look good that we're actually on, we have a correct and proper schedule that we're trying to follow. Mm-hmm. So. What you're, um, so this makes sense to people like Alex and I, cause we are, we understand the jargon and the lexicon of all this yeah. for listeners out there who may not know what any of this stuff is. How can you describe your, like a typical day 
the life of an assistant super. What are you doing? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So big picture. You don't have to get into the weeds. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, every, every day I try to get on site for 6am. We don't start until seven, but my thing is that throughout the entire day, it's a lot of, I'd say, you know, running around because you always want to, you know, everyone has questions and everyone needs to know where they're, what they're doing. And you always want to, you always want to be there to make sure that, you know, things are, things are right. And people are being safe. That's a big aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So I like to use six o'clock to seven o'clock in the morning to kind of get situated for the day and do any paperwork or documentation, you know, like man, we do, they're called manpower schedules or manpower counts for the day. So I like to just make sure the day before is all in line. I have everything that we were working on for every sub in my phone, just scheduled or stored away so that I have that if I ever need to go back to it. So I basically, I take the first hour of my day to just do paperwork and, and storing of information. And then we start up at seven o'clock. So we do like a daily stand-up meeting with everyone on site where we do like, now it's a COVID safety talk. So we talk about all the guidelines for the day, um, how they, how they should be interacting to make sure everyone stays safe. And then we talk about anything new on site. So just to make sure everyone's aware, if we have a big concrete placement. We'll be like, we're doing a concrete placement and the trucks are coming through gate B. So we try to just make sure everyone knows exactly what's going on. Big picture wise. Um, and then we do like a stretch and flex with everyone. So we all stretch to make sure we're all, you know, going to be safe for the day. Um, and then basically the work kicks off. So we, the, everyone works from seven to about nine and then they take a little break and then, you know, nine to lunch. Um, but I like to use those breaks throughout the day. So when everyone's taking a break from nine to nine thirty or whatever it is, or, and then 12 to twelve thirty taking their lunch, I like to use that time during the day to do walks around the site and just get, we're big on like progress photos and taking 360 photos to make sure we're documenting the job properly. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had to do that a couple times a day. So I like to use that time to just walk around the site and see what the progress is. So I don't have a million people coming up to me asking me questions. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say a typical day I'm, I'm, I'm out in the field from about seven to like one and I'm yeah. just, I'm just out there with everyone. And then it usually starts to die down from like one to three where people like I've, I've talked to everyone for the day. We've gone through plans and it's, it's not like crazy. So I can go back to the office and just do some paperwork and whatnot, or looking at the drawings, things like that. We do like a, a daily standup meeting from one to like one fifteen with all the foremen just to plan for the next day. So that's plan. a lot of planning. That, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then everyone leaves at three, the workday ends at three, but um, our staff or I usually stay until about five, just doing you know, more paperwork and planning for the day, just doing anything. Cause you know, all day you're walking around, you're talking to people. So I like to use that time before and after work to just kind of get all my stuff in line. So it's a long day for sure, about six to five, but it's definitely worth it. And when you're in the field, the day just flies by, like it turns to one o'clock and I feel like I've only been there for two hours. So <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it does. Uh, yeah. Interesting to point out here too. You start other than your, your background with intern stuff and mm -hmm. summer work, you started construction industry in the middle of winter. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah. Foundations. So concrete work in the winter yeah. is definitely very interesting. It's um, my first time doing concrete in the winter. So it's, it's been a learning curve for sure. That's a, uh, that's a whole nother episode on why that is significant. <laughs> uh, right. So, so just for anyone, right. You, would you, would you say that it's uh, based on what you're telling us, it sounds like, I don't know, like 85, 90% of your day, you're, you're out in the field, walking around, doing a lot of documentation Mm -hmm. talking to a lot of the, uh, the people, the tradesmen out there. Um, and then the rest is kind of, I'll call it administrative work. Yeah. Um, yeah. so with that, 
in the field, I think you said this in the beginning about project management. So what is the difference between a project manager and a site supervisor with where you're at? Um, Good question. I'd say, so our project management staff keeps up with any like RFIs, um, changes for information. Yes. Changes with the schedule or not schedule changes with the drawings. Um, a lot of, you know, the financial side of the job, we have three people on, on our team that are project management staff and they basically divide all these sections up amongst themselves. And that's, you know, like their whole day, they're, they're helping us out with talking to the architects, trying to get submittals process uh, specs just in line, you know, going through that all. So it's a lot of updating and financial work and drawings on their side. Whereas in the field, in the, with the field staff, the superintendents where, you know, doing that work, but not as in depth, you know, we're more in the field and, and trying to plan and keep the job on schedule. So, so you felt that, because you said you started kind of on that project management side, but you felt, mm-hmm. you felt a calling to the, to the yes. site. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fantastic. So this, uh, the project that you're working on now, I don't know if you mentioned it, it's a, a school project. Yes. A, a high school project. In nice. Yep. And is this your first project typology that you've worked on or have you worked on other project types previously? Um, Well, the job that I interned on for quite a bit, that was um, an elementary slash middle school project, but that was a renovation. So it was similar, but it was, it was also very different just because it was a renovation. So this is my first like ground up job, but it's, you know, technically my second school job I've been on. So. Oh, I see. And when is the estimated date of completion? Um, So we're split up into three phases with the building of the school and then um, demolition of the existing school and then work on the athletic fields is phase three. So yeah, we're scheduled to be completed around the summer of 2023. So So all three phases. Yes. Oh, wow. So you're going to be on this. So yeah, that's actually a question. Will you be on this project during all three phases or will at a certain point, will you move to a different project or do you Um, know? Yeah, that's, that's like the question of the year. You never Uh. really know when you're going to leave, I guess I would say (laughs) from what I've heard. I mean, I haven't been in the company very long, so I I don't really know exactly how it works, but from what I hear, they'll tell you, you know, a couple weeks in advance when you're going to move to a new project. Um, I don't, I don't expect that I'll be on this project through 2023, but I think, you know, I think I'll at least be there until like around 2022 hopefully see the building be completed and then we'll see what's, what's going on from there. But it also just depends on, you know, the need for an assistant superintendent where the job's at and where other jobs are at in the company. So another job needs an assistant superintendent and my job is kind of winding down and they don't need me anymore. Then, you know, I'll probably get moved. I always, uh, from the architecture side, I always dislike the idea architects, the design of a project can take a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And I never liked the idea of working on big architecture projects because I could never see the end result because it just took so long. Yeah. <laughs> but someone like you, you're actually in the field physically seeing a thing, but it sounds like something similar could happen. A project that has a long construction schedule, you might not get to see it finish yeah. potentially based on need. Yeah. I mean, I saw that with my internship because I was there for, like I said, seven, around seven months. So I, I had a major connection to this job because it was my first time being on a job. It's where I realized that I wanted to be a superintendent. So I had a very strong, you know, connection and, and just fondness of this job. So I've been still talking to the staff on like my old project team, telling them how, like, I'm going to have to visit, like, as soon as like, phase one is almost turned out. There's two phases. So the, the building is split up. So as soon as phase one's about to be turned over, I have to go visit it and just see like where everything was at because I just grew so connected to you know the success <laughs> of the project. Yeah, you do. You get connected. That's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually really, I mean, it's good too, that 
because you're just starting out, give it a few projects under your belt and you'll just be like, oh yeah, move it on to the next project. Yeah. It just kind of becomes part of your professional life. Yeah, I assume that's what I say to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that'll happen. And then what's going to become really fun that decade down the road is you could always reflect back and be like, oh yeah, I worked on this project. I did this project, right? When you're talking to your friends, yeah. your family, it's going to be kind of cool. You build a little yeah. repertoire of uh, projects under your belt, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. We get like hard hat stickers for every job oh, yeah. from the company. And like, I see higher up superintendents or, you know, just project management staff that have been in the company forever and their hard hats just covered in stickers. And it's just like really cool. Cause you can just see like when you're talking to them, just <laughs> how experienced they are and how long <laughs> they've been here. And it's just like, you really aspire to get to that point where, you know, me, I have two stickers. It's like, oh, cool. But, <laughs> Hey, we all, we all got to start somewhere, Allie. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so do you, is, do you aspire to, to move eventually to a super role? Yes. Yeah, uh, definitely. But I have a long way to go. I definitely have to learn a, a very, a lot of information before <laughs> I get there. So. A lot out there, but it comes quicker than you think. Yeah. And you realize. No, that's really fascinating. So the, the end goal, you see like you're, the career goal is to become a, a site superintendent. Yeah. That's fantastic. Awesome. That is very cool. Yeah. Look at that. And I didn't even know that this whole time you were with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely a big, uh, uh, it's an important question we, we have on here. It's like career goals, right? I always think it's important uh, talking to people, especially students and young professionals, right? Like what are your goals professionally? Mm-hmm. And I get a little nervous when students are like, oh, get a job. I was like, okay, that's a good goal. But what specifically <laughs> yeah. are you looking to do with your career? Right. Because yeah. you'll find you're in a, the beginning stages, the fledgling state of your career and knowing what you want to do is going to actually help. And you already know this, right? I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but it's going <laughs> to help kind of guide you to that spot. Yeah. So that's awesome. You're, you're setting yourself up with that. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds like it'll all be, I'll be working out there. Um, you mentioned at some point uh, that you use like your phone, you're using schedules, like what sort of technology do you use daily? Um, so we frequently? use Procore to manage our jobs. Um, I don't know yeah. if you have any experience in Procore, but yeah. why don't you share with our listeners right. what, what Procore is? So, it's, in a nutshell. It, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of stuff. So, um, it's an app, you know, you can get it on our computers, on our phones, on our iPads. So I have, I have a phone and an iPad for work. Um, and then my laptop. So I have Procore on all of those devices. And basically there's like a photo albums tab on this app where we make a whole, like a bunch of different albums so I like to do one for pre-placement photos. So I throw those all into Procore before we, we pour concrete. Um, and then I like to do like verification of material. So when we get deliveries, I like to take pictures and throw those in there just so we have them. Um, so there's a lot of pictures in there. And then there's where we do our, um, our manpower counts for the day. So the men and women that are on site, we basically just count everyone for all the trades and we throw them in there. We take notes on, you know, what they're doing for the day. So we can always go back. Um, so there's that tool. That's what we can pull up all of our RFIs on there. Um, so any RFI that gets submitted through the um, company or through the project and gets accepted and processed, it goes right onto your phone. So you have it at all times. We can pull up specs. We can pull up submittals. We can pull up our drawings. So it's all there. The whole project is on your phone at all times with this app. So it's awesome. Um, we have like a contacts list for everyone on the project. So it's just, it's just everything. Like the whole, the heart of the job is on your phone. Yeah. So, and, and, and architects have access, the design team, right. Yeah. Access to it. Yeah. And, um, probably owner PMs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The, the clerks, the architects, the engineers, um, the foremen of the subcontractors, the, project managers of the subcontractors, they all have access. So it's, it's a great tool for everyone to stay connected on the job. 
No, that's cool. awesome. So the, the primary technology you'd say it, it's the, so, it's the Procore software Yeah. in, in your iPad walking yeah. around site. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Again, that's going to be a very, we, I don't think we've gotten into this yet, Alex, but really talking about technology and construction, right? And it's, it's kind of slow yeah. moving, but it seems the past maybe five years, not even 10, I don't think more and more technology is starting to be leveraged mm-hmm. on, on the job site. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no question. Yeah, it's and and, and connecting the technology that you know the construction industry is utilizing and the design industry is using utilizing. Um, it's getting it's getting better. I think it's getting better. Is there anything you know, Allie? Now, the things that you're that you're working on, the utilizing like Procore that software. Um, the tools that you're using. Is there anything looking back in your education that you would suggest needing more focus on? Do we need to think about more? Um, Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought about this as soon as I started my internship was (laughs) taking notes over here. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, it it was, it was pro core to be honest, because I had, it's a very hard app to kind of get used to and get accustomed to. I mean, I've been in it for almost a year now, so I understand it, but I think maybe just like a little bit of an introduction, because I know a lot of companies are moving towards Procore, like in commercial construction, it's, yeah, it's like cutting edge. And I just, when I'm well, like, when I'm scrolling through LinkedIn, I always see posts about Procore and companies moving towards Procore. So I know that definitely would have been helpful. And it's not the most user friendly. Yeah. Uh, it, it, at the on start, it, would that be accurate? That was my, that's my experience with it. It yeah, is, is from the kind of the on start and depending on how much you'd use it as a, yeah. as a PM from the owner side, my, um, my utilization of it is, is probably is far less than the way you are and consigli yeah. and, and then the architect design team right yeah um so that no that's 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 good to hear it is um it is definitely one of the leading of the two or three leading project management softwares programs um that's 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 good to hear right and um yeah no this was this is just a few things that I i was thinking about when you guys asked me to be on this podcast we're just like what are some things that I can share with you guys just that maybe would have helped me out a little bit more and maybe would have helped out other people. Where, That's what we want to hear. Yeah. I mean, so we did an MEP class, right? You taught that course, Alex, and yeah. that was very helpful. But I was also thinking, you know, what if there was a class that was like concrete and masonry and it was just like those, that class and you, you literally just, cause there's so much to learn about concrete and foundation work and masonry and, you know, CMU walls and stuff like that. So I thought maybe doing courses that are like clumped together by division. So like you get like three and four concrete and masonry and you have MEP classes, things like that. Um, and then mm-hmm. just like we took like a structures class, but maybe like, you know, structural seal and rebar. And like we learn about you know, rebar and reinforcement and the foundations. So I was just, cause I, I've done a lot of foundation work now and the two, the past two jobs I was on, I, I got on there right at the start of foundation. So it's been a lot of my time. So that was definitely something that I was thinking about. And then also how important envelope and, you know, facade work and roofing, if that was a class, that would have been just so helpful for me because I was on a net zero project uh, for my internship. So there were a lot of regulations and with the envelope testing and all of that, and just learning about AVB and, you know, air vapor barrier and things like that. Ugh, I love hearing all this stuff yeah. now. Now you're speaking <laughs> my language. Yeah. Assemblies. It's kind of fascinating, right? Cause what you're describing, I think, would be an ideal curriculum if you could do it by division or cluster yeah. divisions. Some insider baseball is some of this stuff is actually in the pipeline. Um, oh, wow. talk, talk about some masonry, <laughs> concrete, like more, more lab based stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but that's actually really interesting and something that a lot of students, uh, a couple actually graduates before you have said as well when I've asked them. And what's really interesting is their answers were a little different. And I think it goes back to prove what you were saying in the beginning and what Alex and I are aware of, right, is the field is so big. Yeah. There's no way you can fit everything into a, a college or university program, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if we can expose you guys to a targeted amount of this information, at least you have that knowledge, uh, like awareness of it. You might not have an in-depth knowledge of it, but that's awesome to hear that you've had this experience like already, right? Like one year out of, or less than a year out of school, you've seen all of these things that we've maybe just talked about briefly in in a lecture class or something. Yeah, I got very lucky on my internship because by the time the fall came, I had been hired, you know, as an assistant, a pending assistant superintendent when I get my degree, that type of thing. So the job I was on had an assistant superintendent. And so I was an intern, but I was training to be an assistant superintendent. So I got treated like one, which was great. And the, the actual assistant superintendent on the job got to manage all the interior work. So you know, rough in for MEPs, that sort of thing, drywall, all of that. And then my superintendent kind of stuck me on the facade and the roof and the foundation. So I got to work the, the entire fall on the exterior work of the building. So I learned so much about envelope and roofing and all the site work. So I, I've gotten some really great experience so early on. So that's why I really have a fondness for that. And just stick with, you know, learning about the importance of how like a tight enclosure for your building. Like I never really realized that in school, just how important it is. And I've seen it now. So we don't want the building to leak or allow too much air. There's so many factors in uh, yeah, whatever course it was in, we could talk off air about that, but uh, it's a tricky thing too, right? Because at the same time, something we could be talking about in class, you might not see the relevance of it quite yet. Right. Right. But you actually physically being on site, seeing that is when you're like, Oh, the light bulb goes off. It's like, yeah. Whoa, this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So no, that, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about how, if I got to do this, you know, my site experience and then take my classes, how different my outlook might've been in the classes. Like <laughs> I would have <laughs> thought about it differently. If only if we can said, go back. Yeah. Yes. Like if you guys said something, maybe I would have been like, wow, like actually, you know, get the like grasp it and get why it's so important. Whereas when I was in school, I was like taking notes and, you know, trying to figure it out. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's a sh- the program is going to constantly be changing and, and updating itself. But I think that is an important aspect is you can embed more of these like internships, embed more companies coming in to talk about this stuff, go on more site visits. Like there's ways to, to do that. Um, but I'm, it's reassuring to hear that you've had these experiences without them being part of the program necessarily, which is great. Yeah. Um, so to kind of conclude here in light of, well, actually some insider baseball, we might, we may just launch this episode during women in construction week. Oh. So, which is in two weeks and we release every two weeks. So you, uh, you hit this, <laughs> the timing of this perfectly. Um, yeah. we do have a couple of questions for you about just women in construction. Um, and we've talked about it a little bit already from, I guess, more of the educational side. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what do you think is the most surprising part of being a woman in the field? <laughs> Yeah. Um, that that you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's a surprise enough. Support that I get because you don't expect that. And you just think the worst when you're going into it. I mean, I know like me being a female in construction, I was just not expecting the support that I got. So that's definitely been reassuring. And the mo- honestly, the most surprising aspect I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that I didn't expect that support, but I definitely no, that's that, but that's, that's a good thing that you're getting it. That's, it, that's yeah. Great. It's, and it's reassurance, right? It, it proves that yeah. the, the company and the people are committed to making that happen. So that's actually 
that's actually, again, very exciting to hear. <laughs> All of these questions now I'm thinking like, wow, she, she's the only woman in the on site in this position, I'll, your answer might be the same for all of these questions. So let's see what happens here. <laughs> what do you think your biggest, the biggest challenge of being a woman working in construction is? I think it's definitely my perception or I don't know if my perception is the right word, but just the, I guess the biggest challenge I would say is try, cause I don't, I don't really know how to answer this the right way, but my goal at the end of the day is just to be seen as one of the guys, I guess you would say like there's, they're all males on, on the site. And I know it's inevitable. That's not like, I'm just going to stick out like a big group of us. I'm the only one with long blonde hair. Like it's just, but at the end of the day, I want to be able to show everyone on site that I'm just as dedicated as everyone else. And I'm not scared to, you know, get dirty and, and help them out with something if they need it. Like I'm, I'm just one of the guys and that's kind of my goal at the end of the day. And I don't know if that sounds wrong or some, or like I shouldn't want to just blend in, but it's kind of the goal. You just want to blend in and just be like everyone else. I think that's, I think that's a good response and, and maybe not, you probably don't necessarily mean one of the guys, but an equal member of the team, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just to be seen like everyone else. Yeah, no, that's, and that's important, right? Because <clears throat> if everyone's on the same team for the same common goal, which you, which you talk about, right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't matter at all. It, you're all there kind of to do perform your role, your responsibility for the particular project and, and move on. Yeah. So no, that's, that's very, um, they also speak to respect, I guess, right. Is like earning that respect from those that might have these stereotypes kind of locked in their minds. Yeah. So, so you're there changing that for everyone. Yeah. You, you every trying. day. <laughs> there's yeah. a great, there's a great quote and I wish that I could um, mention who it was, but it was in, it was a quote in a book. I just finished in the last reverse, which is about the 08, um, 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 tragic story of the two hikers up in the, uh, in the white mountains. Um, but there's a quote at the beginning of a, of a chapter in there. Um, I believe it was a military guy and he said, um, a team is not a group of people who work together. A team is a group of people who trust each other. So I think that goes to, that speaks to what you're talking about as a, as a lone woman in, yes. the, uh, in, in not the industry, but in your, on your particular job site, but certainly, um, you know, that low, um, uh, percentage of, of women in the industry otherwise, but it's all about trust. Right. And it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, otherwise who you are. Yeah. So maybe think of that. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's good. Do you have any kind of closing Thoughts, comments, suggestions, podcast ideas, <laughs> business right. opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I'm just really happy that I got to, you know, reconnect with you guys and kind of talk about construction. I definitely don't get to talk about construction outside of work as much as I wish I could. You know what I mean? We'll keep just, coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just love the industry and my friends always laugh at me because like, I'm always like talking about it. Like, even if I'm not at work, like I'll, I'll be on LinkedIn or something, or I'll see something about construction. I'll be like, Oh my gosh, isn't this so cool? And my friends are like, ah, uh, like they, they like are psychology majors and like, English majors and they're like, I guess. And I'm like, oh. or I'll like talk about something new that I saw like with concrete and like, even my family will be like, Oh, like, cool. And I'll be like, it is really cool. Like I just I don't know. <laughs> yeah. continue to be that construction geek alley. Yeah. I'm definitely a construction geek. That's for sure. And it's crazy because four years ago, I never thought I'd be like this, but I totally like switched, switched up really quickly. So <laughs> I love it. at the end of the day, it, it proves that you're, you're invested, you're passionate about it, right? Yeah. If you can geek out about it, you're, yeah, you're in it. <laughs> Yeah. 
So I have to say, one of my questions that I was going to ask you, Allie, and I don't need to ask it, although I'm, although I'm going to state the question, because you've already, you've already had this. And my question was going to be, you know, in a short period of time, since you earned your degree and in the pr- profession, have you had that aha moment yet about, you know, your work and what it that that aha moment that might trigger what you want to do and you seem to have had that that is uh that's fantastic you know yeah. so yeah, seriously definitely. yeah i i remember like the day we were just, just sitting in a field office at work and i had just been in the field all morning and i was like i just love that like i just remember i was like I could, cause it, I, the day had flown by, it was like the morning and I had gone out in the field at like 8am and it was already like one. And I was like, Oh my God, I felt like that was like an hour. Like I could do this for the rest of my life. Like, I just love it. Like the day flew by, I enjoyed the day. So that's, that's great to hear. And you know, if I were to make a, my own sort of closing comment, um, is, um, you know, not everyone is going to necessarily have that and they're not going to know when that comes but what is really important what you started the very beginning of this episode is keeping an open mind and i think that's how those aha moments happen Mm -hmm. and you're going to have more i i I know you will based on everything we've heard here so uh hats off to uh to you and where you've been in a short period of time here it's awesome Ellie. <laughs> yeah no we uh we appreciate you coming on we uh can't wait to send this make this one live for everyone to listen to so we'll definitely keep you posted when we when we get this out there so you can spread the news and you can awesome. be podcast famous <laughs> um so we'll we'll call this one a, a wrap i just want to remind all the listeners out there that all of our episodes can be found on our website over at tectonicanow.com slash podcast or if you're a young hip professional, you probably know how to find podcasts on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google, or wherever you listen to, to podcasts. Um, and what's nice is now that we're on Apple podcasts, you can leave us a rating or a comment on there. And it shows that, uh, you guys like what Alex and I are putting out. So hopefully this is going to continue here. We have a lot more in store throughout the year and, uh, we'll see you next time.